I'm going to talk about something that is essential for your training if you're intermediate or advanced level in martial arts or defensive tactics or shooting. Something that most folks don't really talk about, but I'm going to share it with you today. The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level. Craig Gray, Peace Walker Podcast. You're on episode number 72 where we're going to be talking about something that is rarely talked about with intermediate and advanced level practitioners in self-defense, martial arts, and shooting. Um, Before we get into that, I want to invite you to my six-day defense program. If you have not gotten on that program yet, you need to absolutely check it out. It is a free home study course that is going to introduce you into this lifestyle of being a protector and being a peace walker. It is very brief. It is only 12 videos. They're five minutes each. One video will introduce to you a new concept, and the other video will introduce a physical defensive tactics. And these are the building blocks of a much bigger perspective of being a protector, defending yourself, protecting other people, and living this life of a peace walker. Um, It is free, absolutely, and you can take advantage of it in your own home at your leisure whenever you know it suits you it is absolutely free except for your time your attention and your precious precious email when you register for that it is on sixdaydefense.com it's all spelled out except for the dot that's sixdaydefense.com you're also going to get access to my almost daily emails where almost every day i'm going to email you a tip trick or tactic and a story of being a protector and of a protector's lifestyle. Everything from obviously tips and and tactics of self-defense type things and verbal de-escalation strategies. And uh, more importantly, you're going to hear stories from my own life and the life of our members of being a protector, of being a peace walker, of how it ties into your everyday life this idea of being a protector, what it really means, and how you really can use these skills, not just the physical portions of it, of, you know, staving off a a mugger or thwarting a terrorist attack, but everyday things that you will use in your day-to-day life. So again, that is sixdaydefense.com. It's all spelled out except for the dot, sixdaydefense.com. I hope to see you on that program. All right, so let's get to it. Episode number 72. Um, Today I wanted to talk a little bit about being an advanced and or intermediate practitioner in martial arts or defensive tactics or a shooter where, you know, you're beyond the basics and you have accumulated a lot of skill and a lot of methods, a lot of training drills Um, If you're in martial arts, maybe forms or drills or um, maybe kata, as they call it. But you've, you've kind of accumulated a lot of 
training type techniques and whether they're individual techniques or they're combinations or they're reversals or they're different scenarios. Um, but how do you, after a while, train? Because as you accumulate more and more skills, <clears throat> it's hard <laughs> to do everything in a linear way. You know, if you've been training in martial arts for, yeah, let's say a year, you probably can get through everything you know in a fairly short period of time. Five years, it gets a little harder. Ten years, it's impossible. Fifteen, twenty years, there's no way you're going to get through all of the material that you know in any you know short period of time. That starts to, I think, come into to being. You really have to think about it when you start getting upwards past a novice stage, but more in an intermediate level and definitely an advanced level. Um, why I thought about this, I mean, I do it all the time, but, but I'm writing the, I do a newsletter, a uh, written newsletter as a bonus for our, for our members, um, our private Peace Walker members. And, uh, and anyways, I'm, I was, I've been writing about, you know, training over 40. And, um, one of the things is, you know, I'm 51 at the time of this recording and uh, I've been training for 45 years. I started when I was six. My dad was a Marine. He started me in the basement teaching me karate and uh, boxing when I was a kid. So my brother didn't continue to hand me my ass and I could actually, you know, develop some coordination. Back in those days, that's kind of how it went as far as there weren't kids' classes. So my dad started me out in his, uh, in the basement. But anyways, you know, I've been training for 45 years. And... As time went on, you know, um, you, you acquire and accumulate techniques and drills. And um, if you're in a traditional martial art, which I also am, you know, aside from Krav Maga, you start to acquire, you know, katas, forms, and all these different um, combinations and reversals and, you know, on and on and on and on it goes. Well, how do you continue to train all this stuff if... You're not using it all the time. You know, I don't go out and get in fights all the time. Um, yeah, I spar and do all the drills and I train all the time. But you, even training all the time, there are certain things you're going to train more. And there's certain things that you, um, you're not going to get to all the time. So in my classes, too, in the, at the academy, you know, we've got a, a greater influx of new people coming in than we do intermediate and advanced level people and practitioners. So we do the basics a lot more, which is good because that's the anchor of everything. You should be practicing your basics more. But you also have to cycle in the other materials, right? And in our approach, we have a very broad and deep number of skills to not just develop, but also maintain. And uh, obviously, Krav Maga is one of the things that, that we really focus on. And that is all your kind of basic essentials. It's a tactical system that's really set up to um, prepare you for, you know, self-defense in the modern world and be very simplistic. But also, uh, you know, I have a traditional martial arts background in Japanese styles and Indonesian styles um, and sport martial art background. So getting all these different 
skill sets in and drills in and kata in and so forth, you have to rotate your training, which is the theme of today's podcast. Is That's the tip, trick, and tactic really, is you have to learn how to rotate your training so you can then put everything on a schedule so you can get to everything. Because there's some things that you want more top of mind. That's why we do what are called shark tanks at every single Krav class. So we do the basics at the, be- at the beginning of every single Krav class, which gives you your, your anchors that everything, all the other techniques are built upon these basics. Then at the end of every Krav class, we have a drill called shark tanks. And shark tanks is where eh, they're usually done in groups of, let's say, three to five people. One person stands in the middle of a circle of your other students and, and co-students. They circle you like a shark would if you're a diver in, a water, in the water. And then they will attack you in hypothetically with an attack that you know how to get out of. Um, but you don't know who is going to do it and which technique they're going to do. And these are all the most common street attacks that you find in today's day and age. And you'd have three modalities on how you would respond to them, either stun and run or escaping, that's one modality, incapacitating, so down and out, and third would be restraining control. So these could be empty hand threats, these could be threats with a edged weapon, this could be a threat with a impact weapon, this could be a threat with a flexible weapon, this could be a, uh, an attack or a, a threat with a firearm, you know, rifle, shotgun, pistol. This could be multiple threats. This could be um, protecting someone else. This could be a security situation. So w- the reason for this drill is, and usually we do it for not very long, maybe five or ten minutes, because once the person attacks you in the middle, then you're out and the person who attacked you is in the middle, and then you just keep rotating. And you can do this at varying levels of intensity. Usually for regular class, we do not have gear on, and we do it at a medium, I'll say a low-medium speed. Testing rotations and at an actual test, we will ramp that up to a a faster pace and gear on and uh, so forth. But the idea of that drill is, you know, it's not kumite, it's not uh, sparring in that way. It's... um, it's play acting to a certain degree, and it can be done at varying, varying levels of intensity, like I was saying. But the idea of that drill is to act as two things. Number one is to keep the most common attacks top of mind. And number two, it's to act as a barometer as to what, how rusty you are on things or where you're at with things, right? It's not a drill to learn new techniques. It's a drill to to kind of solidify and keep sustained techniques that you already know. So as time goes on, those those techniques should should uh, be more numerous. You know, you should have more responses to them, both in types of techniques, breadth of techniques, as well as depths of techniques using all three of the modalities. And you could use different techniques um, within those um, approaches as well. But so that's one way of cycling on a short rotation, cycling your training in. On a longer rotation, um, some schools, not many schools, but some schools will rotate 
themes. Let's face it, a lot of schools aren't, a lot of approaches aren't necessarily that uh, broad to so where they don't have to necessarily rotate things, which is neither bad or good, it just is. But like with our approach, we have to rotate things. So um, one of my traditional influences is um, the Bujinkan Budo Taijutsu. So usually the, the Hanbu in Japan has a theme. So within the Bujinkan, there are nine styles. There are nine schools. So they'll usually pick one or two schools that they'll focus on for the year. And then typically they'll focus on a weapon, maybe two, and a one or two concepts. And the same thing with um, my brother from another mother and teacher and mentor, Jack Hoban. He also has typically a theme. Um, he's in the United States here. So I usually try to follow those two things, at least loosely try to follow those themes to work on the same things. And then we'll pick a theme if, um, at our own school too. But so if you think about it, if you're hitting let's say one school a year, just within that Bujinkan system, it's going to take you nine years to cycle through everything, like a decade. <laughs> if you're even doing, let's say, two schools a year, it's going to take you five years, five years to, to cycle through. And are you going to get all of the skills in that one year from those schools? No, you know, you're not going to get everything. Uh, the Bujinkan is a little bit unique in this way too because the Bujinkan itself is an approach that kind of is a um, emolg it, it, I can't even pronounce the word <laughs> but it, it, it has this overview approach combining all of the nine schools because there are certain ways of move moving and certain dynamics it's taught all as one system and then there's the offshoots of the action, the individual styles that are or schools that are within that approach that you can have different focuses on. But the idea of it is it's it's a it's it's approached as one single uh, system that has like nine different facets to it, I guess. And obviously Krav Maga, it's a little easier, but we still do cycles of things with Krav Maga. It's usually a shorter cycle. Like every year we do certain seminars um, every year. It's like a fire drill, so to speak. So we always do like third-party protection. We always do security um, security measures. We always typically do a active shooting a, a seminar how to defend against active shooting, not how to be one. <laughs> you crazies out there. Um, like I said, uh, third-party protection, um, up against the wall, sitting and kneeling, uh, vehicle hostage situations, mass transit hostage situations. So there's about six or eight that we always do every year that rotate through on that short cycle so we can just kind of refresh ourselves on them. And the same thing, you know, we'll be working on these some yearly type um, rotations. Like, for instance, right now, I am, we are working on things with jackets. We don't usually, we don't wear geese or anything. We wear, I wear like, you know, BDU pants and a t-shirt. 
uh, wrestling shoes. But, you know, everybody in, in our classes either wear, you know, workout clothing. So we don't wear geese or anything like that. Heck, even in Jack's class, uh, he wears T-shirts and gi pants, but just T-shirts. So anyways, so usually for a couple months, two to three months every year at our academy here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, um, we put on jackets, you know, whether it's a gi top or a BDU top or just a, just a, I don't know, something from Goodwill that doesn't have a zipper. And we practice, you know, chokes and different manipulations with the jacket and, you know, how to get it, uh, how to work with it. Because in Michigan here, uh, you're wearing a jacket pretty much half the year. So that's one thing that we do that, that cycles through. Um, so there, all of these things are just examples. I'm just telling you kind of some of the things that, that we do and that you should be doing as well if you're not. If you want to get to, so if you're maybe you're a, a novice working up to intermediate level, you know, you're a beginner working up to intermediate level, you are going to have to start cycling in your training, usually probably after about a year. Um, you don't have to be uh, super advanced to have to cycle your training. depends on how much you you uh, know and what you're introduced to. And definitely as you get going in several years, you're going to have to start cycling your training on what you do and how you do it. So we have these small little cycles that we do. Um, and then we have larger cycles that we do and mar- much larger yet. I mean, there are students who've been training with me five, ten years that we haven't cycled through some of the stuff, uh, much to their surprise, probably. There are things that um, that you just, you don't have to do on a, on a regular basis. In my belief, the basics are the most uh, important things that you need to drill all the time. And then another thing that you need to drill all the time are, in my opinion, common scenarios. That's why we do the shark tanks with the common the common scenarios. So to make sure that is both hardwired deeply and polished often. Um, because those, if you are going to run into a physical confrontation, those are going to be the most common things that you run into. Um, obviously we do, you know, we have testing rotations. So once a year, typically, if it's not COVID, right? But once a year, usually we do a, a testing rotation where we do sparring and we do, uh, we put gear on to do the scenario training and we do different drills that are more gross motor skills and less fine motor skills, um, in their nature. And we do more tactics and less techniques and more, um, more tactical and less technical. So that's a rotation that we do every single year for a couple months. So we have all these different small and large um, rotational um, kind of cycles that we go through. And you should too. So think about your own training. Think about the things that you know and work out a schedule. It doesn't have to be formalized. It can be very organic in its nature, or you can totally write everything down or put it on a spreadsheet or PowerPoint or whatever you do, graphs. Um, but put together a rotation for your training if you are um, you know, beyond anything beyond the beginner. Start to think about how you're going to rotate your training in, and I would do it by sense of necessity, what you're going to be using 
if you're training like we do for more practical self-defense, well, make sure they're getting and you're getting your basics on the practicality of the things that are going to use the most and obviously whatever basics that you have developed in your systems do the basics and then do things that are relevant to you know what you're trying to accomplish so if you're trying to accomplish basic self-defense street defense then do those things frequently that would um, help you to support those and then rotate other themes in through maybe the ones the things that you don't use as much but you still want to um, keep uh, top of mind and keep fresh also scenario type training and that like i mentioned you know active shooting scenarios third-party protection scenarios security scenarios uh, vehicle scenarios more challenging environments like being up against a wall, kneeling or sitting, with jackets, without jackets, with weapons, without weapons, uh, weapons retention, uh, using uh, weapons offensively. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And that's a cool thing, but there is no shortage of stuff to work on. So there is your tip trick or tactic. Let me rephrase. Burnley, <laughs> back that up. That is your tip, trick, and tactic of the day is to rotate your training like the convenience stores and the grocery stores rotate their produce and rotate their perishable foods because our skills are perishable too and you want them to stay fresh so if you ever need them they are there for you and also so you can continue to deepen and broaden your skill set and continue to grow. So once again, my name is Craig Gray. Thank you for joining me on the Peace Walker podcast today. And once again, I want to invite you to join me on my six-day defense program. Go to sixdaydefense.com and get my free home study course to put you on this path of being a protector and help you develop the lifestyle of being a peace walker. That's sixdaydefense.com, all spelled out except for the dot. That's all I have for you today, folks. I'll see you on the next episode. Take it easy. The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live protect and to inspire at a whole new level.